Desolation Mariposa Podcast. Hello, this is the Salacious Platypus Podcast. You're listening to episode 5. Our guest today is Brandy Wolf, attorney at law. Brandy is the co founder of the Women's Empowerment Legal Center. She co founded this nonprofit organization with her husband, former WWE pro wrestler Dusty Wolf. Their organization helps people who have been involved in domestic violence situations and they focus on education, self-defense, empowerment, and protective orders. If you would like to learn more about their organization, please check out their website, wellegalcenter.com. That's W-E-L-E-G-A-L-C-E-N-T-E-R.com. Thanks, and now here's our conversation. This episode is brought to you by Tandem, a coffee shop located at 310 Riverside Drive in San Antonio, Texas. Tandem is a great place. It's family friendly, dog friendly, and they have outdoor games, live music, coffee, beer, wine, and delicious food. Stop by for happy hour, 3 to 7 p.m. They have $2 Lone Stars, $3 Seltzers and Domestics, and $4 sangria. Every Tuesday is trivia night. Every Wednesday they have the Smash Brothers tournament. Every Thursday night is comedy night. And every Friday they have live music. Tandem is a great place to book an event. Please stop by and support this locally owned small business. And check out their website at tandem-satx.com. Hello, uh, we are here today with Brandy Wolf, attorney at law. Hello, Brandy. How are you today? I am good. So happy to be here with you, Miranda. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you for being here and coming to talk to us. I'm really excited about this. I haven't seen Brandy probably since law school. Um, so let's start with law school. What made you want to be a lawyer and how did you go from law school to starting your nonprofit, the Women's Empowerment Legal Center? Uh, Well, so I was a business owner most of my life. I did marketing, I did blogging, I did search engine optimization. Uh, I, I worked in tech and I did well, but it felt soulless. Uh, I had a son and I started to see the state of the world and 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 trying to get pregnant let me step back a little bit okay. trying to get pregnant I struggle with fertility um, I had three miscarriages and one ectopic pregnancy before I, I had my son and the second or third miscarriage I ended up in a coma my body went into sepsis because I had a doctor refuse to give me Cytotec and that's an abortion drug that helps you uh, with the process of when you lose a baby and Mm -hmm. this doctor was not comfortable with giving me that and I ended up like I said in a coma on antibiotics Um, so I woke up and I swore no one should ever have to deal with that again Uh, I didn't think law school, I thought just advocacy of any form, Mm -hmm. 
but uh, I started brainstorming on what my next step was. And I'd say a year or two later, I finished my bachelor's in criminology and I was going to become a victim advocate. And I ran into the issue again where, uh, again, I found that here in San Antonio, uh, a lot of your victim advocates are faith leaders or religious leaders. They're not paid victim advocate so there really wasn't a a large job market here oh okay so I woke up and I basically had the Elle Woods from Legally Blonde moment I know it sounds (laughs) cheesy and it sounds cliche but I I I woke up next to my husband and I said I think I'm gonna go to law school and he's like oh crap not something (laughs) else like he's like that's a big deal yeah and there we go like six months later I'd taken the LSAT and I was accepted so yeah and then so how once you got your law degree um what made you decide to use it um to create a nonprofit organization to help people I have never had the dream of being the million dollar boss babe uh like I hate that term I hate that idea I feel I mean there's nothing wrong with other people doing it it's just not my calling if I wanted to make a lot of money I would go back into marketing and business I switched careers at 30 years old to make a difference flatly that's it I just wanted to make a difference I thought that I was going to get more into women's rights and uh, abortion work, you know, uh, but a domestic violence job popped up. And I thought that was a great way to work with women. Uh, I worked there for a year and then I decided I am best being my own boss. Yeah. And (laughs) we can leave that at that. I messed (laughs) it being my own boss. And uh, I started the process of getting 501c3 status and starting to research grants. And and here we are. How long did that process take take you, like, from deciding that you wanted to do the nonprofit to getting all the paperwork done and, you know, just starting it? Like, how, how long would you say that whole process took? I I left my job in October of 21, okay. and I think it was March of 22 during a spring break trip. Uh, we'd been talking about it all during that time, and I finally told my husband we're going to do it. So uh, to make sure it was done correctly, I went to a business attorney and uh, I I had them do it for me. I filed in March and I think we were active by the end of April. It was a really quick turnaround. Yeah, I was really grateful for the work my attorney did. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, So for people who who, uh, need help, how can they reach out to you and what like resources does your uh, center provide to people well they can go to welegalcenter.com or they can email me at brandy at 
wellegalcenter.com. Now, what we do, we provide protective orders for those getting out of domestic violence situations. Okay. Right now, the DA is so backed up because of COVID. There's a two to two and a half year wait on domestic violence cases. Wow. Um, That's quite a backlog. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, for protective orders, which should be almost instant, Mm -hmm. uh, those are emergencies. You know, it can sometimes take three to six months to get a protective order. Wow. Women need those urgently yeah and that's something that that needs to be done and I'm not I'm not judging anyone in power on this uh, it's because COVID did create the backlog you know attorneys yeah. are, are so stressed and overworked right now in the DA's office but somebody needs to step in and do that and and I want to do that I really enjoy going and getting the protective orders I feel like I'm being effective and effectual you know I feel like I'm making a difference and and that's important you know yeah that's awesome um they can come to me uh I can take a few that aren't indigent or poor because we do have some private donations but once we're running fully on grants I I will need to have clients that are at the poverty level indigent poor um we we sometimes have permission to go a little bit above that but yeah we're that's what we're focusing on okay that's awesome um and if people want to donate to your organization what was same website exact same website (laughs) they can find me on facebook find the organization on facebook i mean we have a pretty okay presence online right now um i also want to say we're also working on financial literacy helping survivors get into school maybe go back to school you know it's not just about the legal services once we get them stable and protective with the protective order i believe it's integral to focus on that empowerment part you know Mm -hmm. sometimes once you get out you need that extra little uh, boost of of confidence to to move on to other things and I think financial literacy is so so important I think that holds a lot of women back sorry to get off topic -er. no no that's great I think that's really helpful and um, not everyone has access to to that kind of stuff so hopefully um someone hears this and they need help they can reach out to you that would be that would be awesome yeah thank you so much for that uh i letting me bring that part up i just i believe it's it's important yeah i'm i'm admire what you're doing i think i think it's awesome <laughs> just uh, trying to help people <laughs> um so since we're talking about you know, providing resources to people in the community. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, since we both uh, took the same constitutional law course in law school, uh, do you remember when Professor Ahrens was talking about representative reinforcement and how important it is for us to know who our representatives are? Because the my here's my short. A skeletal outline of what I can remember from that con law class. Uh, so the Supreme Court interprets the laws, our representatives make the laws, and if we don't like the laws that our representatives are making, we can pick new representatives. 
So typically in the past, I've always <laughs> just, uh, you know, I'm only going to vote for this one party. So I just down the line. But in law school, I don't know if you remember this or not. We had a conversation because you were working for Judge Yonta. And you were telling me about the work she was doing on the Pearls Court. I've never in my life voted for a Republican. But I did some research and I looked up Judge Yonta. I liked what she was doing. I thought it was really cool. So for the first time in my life, I voted for a Republican. I voted for Judge Yonta. I don't think she won, but my one vote didn't help. But I did, and I, I, I did vote for her. And it was because of the conversation that we had and learning about who she was more as an individual person rather than just, she's a Republican. I'm not even going to look at that. So I feel like having conversations with people about our local elected officials is important and can make a difference. So have you ever reached out to any of your representatives uh, to help you with an issue that you face? So as you know, we graduated during COVID. Mm -hmm. The bar exam, which usually took place in July, was delayed. And all across America, you had law students fighting for apprenticeship because obviously there was not equity with preparing for the bar exam when some of us were homeschooling our children. Some of us had no way to pay our bills. You know, that six weeks you're studying for the bar exam got extended to three or four months, I think. And, and, you know, it really put people in a, in a hardship. And, uh, I reached out to everyone I could. I was in the private messages of, of our, our Supreme Court, uh, our Texas Supreme Court, not like the <laughs> United States Supreme Court, of SCOTIX. Uh, I was in the DMs of our representatives, and, I, you know, it was at that point that I realized I have no clue who represents me. I had oh, to Google. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Great job with that JD. Like, the doctorate <laughs> made no... I did the same thing. Who represents me, Texas? Google. Thank you. Exactly. (laughs) And I found out that uh, Joaquin Castro was my representative. Okay. And I sent a very Karen-y email. (laughs) And I got a great response back maybe two days later. And I felt... Yeah. I felt like there was a real, uh, I felt like he really cared about the issue. Okay. Unfortunately, our life and everything we were doing was in the hands of the Supreme Court of Texas, so he couldn't do anything, but he was very compassionate, very empathetic, and I felt, I felt represented, uh, represented. I, uh, I felt like he was listening, and and that's important, you know, like, uh, yeah. These people are put in these positions of power, not just to have power. They are supposed to listen, whether they do anything about it or not. And I felt listened to, so. Yeah, I also recently had a meeting with my state representative, Diego Bernal, and I I did feel like he couldn't really help me with, um, you know, what I want him to help me with, but I did feel like he listened to me and I felt like he cared about my problem and he did follow up. He had his assistant also follow up. Um, so I've talked to her twice since I had that meeting on Monday. So they, you know, I thought that was, it made me hopeful, like, okay, they are accessible. If you really want to talk to your state representative, you 
probably can. I mean, I don't know how all the other representatives are, if they're as open to meeting with their constituents, but I would hope they were because, you know, that's what they're there for, right? To, to legislate for us and to hear what we have to say. I feel it's good to talk about that too. My husband's a college professor and a lot of times uh, when he goes on his political rants, whether he should or shouldn't in the classroom, <laughs> the students often give feedback that their vote doesn't matter. And mm-hmm. I think that's because yeah. they don't feel connected yeah. to the people and they it doesn't feel like it's accessible so you know i think my story and your story i think if that could be shared to more younger people they might be more engaged to feel like it's worthwhile to actually get out there and vote you know uh so i i hope so it's really important i think (laughs) every 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 election is like it's more important than ever but this time for real it's more important than ever like everybody needs to participate like our uterus um, needs you. <laughs> yes, yes. Right? Sorry. All of, all Did of, I make all you of laugh? Our uteruses do. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, what was I going to say? I, 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 got, I was going to say something and I, I, lost, I lost it. I made Went you back laugh into the with ether. my uterus. <laughs> I apologize. No, it's okay. Um, let's see. You're gonna have to cut this part out, cause. <laughs> uh, okay. He's like Ron White. We've met. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. All right. So, Brandy, what do you think we can do to get more people involved? I mean, involved in participating and knowing who their representatives are, cause. Usually when I ask people, do you know who your state representative is, they usually say no. Um, Some people have said yes, some people who are more like politically involved have said yes, but um, yeah, I think a lot of people don't think that their one voice matters. What do you think we could do to get people more involved? I think that right now in Texas, more than any other time, Texas is has a chance to turn purple. I don't say blue because, you know, we have all these rural areas, but I think that people have been indoctrinated to believe that Texas is going to be one way. So many young people do not remember Ann Richards. Oh, Ann Richards. So, yes. yes. That was like a, a powerful woman figure that I remember from my youth. Like, what was she like in the 80s, right? Yeah, the I late remember, 80s, early. Yeah, and, strong, powerful lady. And so W gets a lot of credit for what she did with education. She was powerful and she was amazing and she did great things. She only won because her opponent made a rape joke. (gasps) That's it. That's the only reason we had a Democrat governor. That's crazy. But it happened. I didn't know that because I was a a kid. (laughs) But it happened. Wait, I was a kid too. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Don't age me. Sorry. No, but I think that we get excited for presidential elections. 
Mm-hmm. We get excited if it's something that affects us intimately, but your state representative, I think people just believe it's going to be what it's going to be and they're going to do what they're going to do. It's Texas, it's not changing. And mm. whatever district you're in, it just is what it is. Yeah. But that is not true. I think there is such a movement right now, whether it be for red or blue or whatever you believe, things are so polarized that I believe any sort of involvement can can help. Any sort of communication, any sort of education, just talking about it. This whole, it's just going to be, it is what it is. Stop that. Yeah. Have the conversation. Talk. Try to make a difference. And, and yeah. force it. Like, I mean, don't be rude. But, but, you know, your Uncle Jimmy that says his vote doesn't matter... <laughs> Talk to him about something, you know? Yeah. Uh, It should be something we're all always talking about. I'm in in some mom groups, and a lot of the the soccer moms and housewife moms are like, oh, let's not talk about politics. Why not? (laughs) It affects us all. Yeah. It impacts us all. We all have to live by all these same rules. Uh, It does affect all of us. Find out who represents you and find out what you can do to make, to leave this world a better place. Otherwise, why are you here if you're not attempting to make a difference? Yeah. When I had my meeting with Representative Bernal this week, I asked him what percentage of your constituents do you hear from? And he was like, well, he's like, first you got to think about the number of people in my district. And then you got to think about the number of people who are registered voters. And then you got to think about the number of people who actually vote. And then there's a smaller percentage of the people that I actually hear from. So it's tiny. Like, people are not communicating with their representatives. And I feel like it's there's a disconnect where they feel like, what's the... like what's the point because that's how I felt when my professor in that government class when Austin Community College told me to reach out to my state representatives and to go to their office and I was like um why am I going to do that what what can they do for me I'm a college student I have nothing important to say and my voice doesn't matter but it really does and after having that conversation with my representative this week I really hope that more people will see that it's it's not as um, as difficult as maybe you think it is. If you really want to talk to your representative about something that's important to you, you can, and hopefully they'll listen. But um, yeah, you should make a T-shirt that says "You Matter" because people do. It matters. Yeah, so. I hope I hope more people <laughs> get involved. Me um, too. Well, Brandy, thank you for taking time out of your life to come here to talk to us. I really appreciate it. This was fun for me. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. Thank you for allowing me to talk about the nonprofit. Uh, yeah. And thank you for letting me rant about getting involved. Like it's really, 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 really important to me. So, thank it's you so much. It's important to me too. Um, thank you so much for being here. <laughs> and that was our conversation with Brandy Wolf, attorney at law from the Women's Empowerment Legal Center. If you'd like more information about their organization, you can check out their website at welegalcenter.com. If you or someone you know is in a domestic violence situation, there is help available out there. 
you can contact the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 800-799-7233. You can contact them 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. You can reach them in English and Spanish. And this is a friendly reminder that Election Day in Texas is November 8th. The last day to register to vote in Texas is October 11th. And early voting runs from October 24th to November 4th. Make sure that you are registered to vote. And if you don't know if you're registered, you should look that up. I recently went to the website for the League of Women Voters of the San Antonio area. And they had some really helpful information. For instance, did you know you could go to vote411.org and get information about upcoming elections? Put in your address and you can see what's on your ballot. You can check your voter registration. You can find your polling place. The website for the League of Women Voters of the San Antonio area has a lot of really helpful information. You can check out their site at lwvsa.org. And finally, I would like to say thank you. Thank you to our producer, William Sarver, for putting this whole thing together. Thank you to Eric Macias for creating all the music. And thank you to our intern, Madeline Sarver, for creating all of the artwork. Also, if you're still listening to this, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thanks. Have a good day.